broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation. We are back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio after a few days away in sunny Phoenix, Arizona. And I say sunny and I emphasize that because, well, it is everything but sunny here in Las Vegas. As earlier today, it looked like it was snowing. Then it looked like it was hailing. Then our promotions guy, Craig, said it was a little bit of called grapple. And I remember that from that uh, Raider-Browns game when the Raiders went to Cleveland and that was going on there. And uh, I really never confirmed exactly what it was. But it was coming down pretty heavy, and it wasn't very pretty. But uh, here we are, back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. And it's not really that now. The weather's not looking like that anymore. But it's still pretty cold outside. So uh, sunny in Phoenix, not so much in Las Vegas. But we're indoors. We're in the studio. We're excited to be with you for the next three hours. And a little programming note, the... Aviators, the Las Vegas Aviators get their season started tomorrow. And, of course, you can hear all the Aviator games right here on Radio Nation Radio 920. So we won't have a show tomorrow. The first game, just like Major League Baseball's, today is the opening day in Major League Baseball. We'll touch on that as well throughout the course of the show. Uh, It's a day game. So that game, and it doesn't happen to us very often, but every once in a while during the baseball season, we may not have a show. So tomorrow we will not have a show. Uh, The show for JT will end around 145 or 150, and then that will lead to the pregame show of the Aviators, and then it will be baseball for the next three hours. So, But we do have, for DeMond tomorrow afternoon, we do encourage you to go out to Finley Toyota and hang out with him, and there's going to be some Vegas Vipers out there. So he'll be out there from 3 to 5 p.m. So you can, if you're local, hang out with DeMond Tomorrow afternoon, and that should be a lot of fun. He'll have all kind of prizes, all kind of T-shirts. Like, like I said, the Vegas Vipers will be on hand. Uh, what else do you have going on out there? There should be a lot going on, right? Oh, man, there's going to be so much going on. Q, no show tomorrow. Why don't you join me? Three to five, everybody. Finley Toyota, that's out in Henderson. That's why I'm saying it, close to you in the Valley Auto Mall. I got, things, I, got, I got things to do, brother. <laughs> we'll do anything to sell you a car. I got plenty of things to do. Now, we if you're saying jingle? that you're at Finley Cadillac, it might be a different story, right? I might go. No, I'm kidding. But, uh, no, uh, I might be able to stop by. I might be able to stop by for a, a minute. I do have uh, ESPN Radio to do Friday night, so uh, there's that. But, uh, yeah, I might be able to make an appearance. But for sure, DeBond will be out there from 3 to 5 holding it down. Uh, with the Vegas Viper, so you definitely want to go out there and uh, hang out with him again. Finley Toyota tomorrow, so no show. Just wanted to go ahead and throw that out there, and we'll say it and remind you a couple more times throughout the course of the show and before the show gets wrapped up today, just so you don't turn on the radio and say, what happened? Where are you guys at? And think that, you know, we got Yesterday, canceled. you know how we did the morning tailgate early, yeah, and then yeah. we just replayed it back? Yeah. People were calling, because I, I stayed and made sure and played. Right, right. So it was like, call number nine. Good man. <laughs> and people were calling. I'm like, what, why are people calling? I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. You, I was right. like, because at first I was like, why are people calling the show right, right now? Right, right. No, that's that's real. Yeah, no, and that was uh, that was an adventure, right? I mean, having to do the show yesterday morning, and it was fun uh, with Vinny and Heidi and you, uh, the morning tailgate. And then as soon as the show was over, like, no joke. I mean, my car was already packed. Everything I had checked out of the Airbnb, as soon as the show was over, I grabbed a couple of things, a couple pieces of equipment, put it up, and boom, I was uh, I was in the first thing smoking, headed back to Las Vegas. I think I got back in town around 2.55, almost 3 o'clock, uh, got to the house. My dad's in town. He just got he got in town about 45 minutes before I did, so uh, he beat me to my own house, but that's cool, you know? So uh, that was that was fun, and I uh, got to hang out with him uh, for the afternoon. But here we are. We are back at it and ready to rock and roll. So got a, a fun show lined up for you this afternoon. Excited about it as always. Paul Gutierrez from ESPN, who also was at the owner's meeting. 
meetings in Phoenix, Arizona, will join us at 2.30. We'll talk all things silver and black, what he learned from conversations he had with Mark Davis, uh, the conversations he had with uh, GM Dave Ziegler, and a whole lot more. And just even just the people that were around there. And there was a lot of NFL insiders. Of course, the Jeremy Fowlers, the Dan Grazianos, you know, Adam Schefter was there. It was so funny. And this happens to me all the time. And, you know, I mean, it's not a big deal. It's just, it, again, it just makes me laugh. Uh, I saw Adam Schefter and, you know, and he was with Ari Mayrov, our good friend Ari. And so Ari said, hey, what's up, Q? And then Adam looked at me like we went way back or something like that. And he was like, hey, man, it's good to see you again, all this other stuff. And I was like, hey, Q Myers. Like, I just introduced myself because literally I've never, never met Adam Schefter. And he was like, yeah, 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 I got you. You know, just just like we were... I don't know. Maybe that's the Schefter move, but uh, it was just so funny. Like, we went way back, and we definitely don't go way back. He tried to one-up Ari Mayrov. He was like, oh, if Ari knows him, he must be a big deal. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah! Hey, what up, cute? No, but uh, so everyone was there. Ian Rappaport. I mean, everyone who's anyone uh, in the NFL world was at the at the owners' meetings in Phoenix. So uh, Paul Gutierrez will join us coming up at 2.30. Just get his thoughts on everything that he heard, everything that he took away from those few days in sunny Phoenix. Graham Hall from 20, 247 Sports will join us at 3 o'clock. And why is he going to join us at three o'clock because Anthony Richardson and the Florida Gators had their pro day today. And that has been the topic of everything. All kind of discussion is what Anthony Richardson could do with that rock and the way that he threw that ball and threw it against the roof of the, uh, uh, you know, the, the indoor facility that they had there. And it's so funny because when I saw the replay of it, Damon, and I don't know what you thought when you first saw the replay, and I'm sure you saw it because it's been floating around Twitter and everybody's been talking about it. I mean, if it didn't look like he intentionally threw that ball into the ceiling, I don't know what it was. And I know he's been questioned about it since then. He definitely threw that up there. I mean, he even mentioned that. Well, I saw Will Levis do it, so I thought I could maybe I could put a hole in the in the roof. He, I mean, it was it to me, it was almost a wasted throw. Are you not entertained? No, I wasn't. What? I didn't think that that. What, what's the big deal? I mean, anybody could throw it against the roof if you aim for it. You know, we're gonna have to do some drills or something because you're not gonna tell me it's not impressive. It wasn't. <laughs> I mean, it was. I mean, now it's one thing if you're going and you're trying to throw it really deep, and it just happens to go. You know what I mean? Like and hit the roof. Okay, fine. But if you intentionally wind up to throw it up there to hit it, just because somebody else that's a quarterback did that earlier, it's not that impressive. I mean, the first. It's you know what I mean? It's like when it's done the first time, it's kind of cool. The second time, it's like oh, whatever. Anything you can do, I can do better. Basically, he's showing them. Hey, man, we'll live. Ain't gonna outarm me. You know what? Both were incompletions. <laughs> right? Neither one of them were impressive. <laughs> They're both incompletions. I want to see you. I want to see you hit a guy in stride. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see you hit the roof. That doesn't make any sense. But anyway, that's what he did. So there's a lot of highlights coming out of his uh, his his pro day there in Florida. So we'll talk to Graham Hall about it. We'll get his opinion on the throw against the roof and the. You know, there was one play that he did that was really impressive. I thought he uh, he did a fake toss. And then he really paused and sold it. Like you know, what I mean, like it was a play action pass, but he really he really sold it. Like he didn't have the ball. And then he rolled out. I think it was his last pass, matter of fact, of his uh, of the pro day. Rolled out and threw it and hit the guy in stride, like I mentioned. Now that I was impressed by. I thought, okay, now that's something. Now if he could do that consistently, now you're on to something. My question with him is always going to be, can he do something consistently? And he hit a backflip after. I mean, come on. He what did can't, do that. What can't this guy do? He did hit the backflip. I am flip. sold. I tell you what. I wasn't impressed with him throwing the ball against the roof. I was impressed with a dude that big hitting the backflip like he did so easily. And the only reason I was impressed is because I was actually in Indy and saw him up close to personal and know how big he is. So that that was something to me. That was way more impressive. Than, I'm telling you, DeMond, you can hit the roof if you really try. I mean, maybe you can. But 
you know, War, wind up the old for, arm. For the most part, we used to do this when the pandemic hit and we had a radio show to do in, in Central Texas. And we, we never stopped doing our radio show throughout the whole course of the pandemic. And we were three hours just like this one. We started doing dumb stuff. Like we would do, we would do this this contest. First, we did the To uh, sit up challenge that he did on the uh, on the driveway at his house. I don't know if you saw that, but during the pandemic, he did the sit up challenge. So we did it. We tweeted it at To, and he came on the radio show to talk about it, which was kind of cool. So that was a way to get content. And then one other, like our, my buddy Ward brought brought his football, his college football, to to the job one day. So we're literally throwing the ball over the roof of the radio station. Like we we have one hallway and we couldn't do it here because the the hallways you can't see through. But there was a door on like the far I guess like east side of the building, and then there's a door on the far west side. So you can literally come in on either entrance and still be where the studios are. And so we would open the doors, we propped them open, and then we'd yell down the hall, "All right, I'm about to throw it right now!" Right? And so I'd go back there and I'd throw it, and also you see the ball just whoom, all over the all the way over the the building, and then come down on the other side. And so then we started. Anyway, we started messing around like that, and one guy got the ball stuck on the roof. Another guy got it bounced over the fence. I mean, it was it was pretty disastrous, but it became like a, a, a real deal segment. Like it's almost like we were doing our own Olympics or so. It was. I mean, again, there was no sports going on, so we were working on <laughs> doing anything. Real we hard could. overtime. Okay, dog. We were doing everything we could to uh, to go ahead and generate some content. But it was it was something that came from I want to say something on Twitter that we saw where a guy threw the ball really, really high, and then he ran through the house and tried to catch it on the way down, which was totally fake, but it just looked funny. Uh, did you ever see Did you ever see that video? No, I didn't, All but right. that sounds hilarious. No, no it, it was. It was hilarious, but it was so fake. And they had the doors open, and he threw it really, really high, right, as high as he could, and then just boom, made a beeline right through the front door and out the back, and then caught it on the way down. So that's where the original idea came from, but none of us thought we were idiots enough or, or smart enough or fast enough to try to do that. So we just start throwing the ball over the roof. So there's that. That's what happens when you have a pandemic and a three-hour sports show. All they did here was send me home. <laughs> See? See, you would have you appreciated doing what we did. See? We never went home at all. Not one time. Then again, I was in Texas. Texas thought, you know, everything was good, right? Who needs a mask? We're fine. <laughs> mask overrated. <laughs> so that's a whole nother story. But no, we had a good time. Paul Gutierrez, I tell you all that. Paul Gutierrez joins us at 2.30. Graham Hall, 247 Sports at 3 o'clock. Talk all things Anthony Richardson in Florida's Pro Day. Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. We didn't catch up with her last week. We'll catch up with her at 3.30. Talk all things UNLV. She's back on the grind. I saw she had a little bit of R&R, a little vacation. Took off to San Diego. But she's back doing her thing. So uh, 3.30, Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports will join the show. 4 o'clock, Steve Cofield and also Coach Joe Esposito are going to join the show. They're in Houston. Our sister station ESPN Las Vegas is in Houston for the Final Four. Uh, excited about that. I know that the Blue Bloods aren't there. I know it's not big names. Uh, all the conversation that we had in Phoenix when it came to the Final Four, especially with the like Aaron Wilson, who's from Houston, and John McClain, who's you know, obviously from Houston, kept saying you can get a ticket for like a dollar. Like nobody's going to the games. If you want to go, you can go because there none of the big big names are there. So uh, the big fan bases aren't following. So you know you got San Diego State. Like, do you think San Diego State's going to really pack the house? They'll have some representation, but. How many are really going to be there, right? You got UConn. They're they're probably going to be represented because they, you know, they have a nice little fan base. But Miami, FAU, you really think that that place is going to be packed? John McClay told me straight up, you want a ticket, you can get a ticket. It's not hard. Man, wish I was in Houston right now. Well, Sounds like that'd be a fun time. It's it'd be fun for me. It'd be fun for you. But I don't think it's going to be fun for everybody. Like I think it's going to be good action. I think we're going to enjoy seeing the Final Four. But as far as just being able to 
you know, see like the the network eyeballs on it. I don't think for everyone it's going to be fun. I think the tournament's been great, but I don't think it's going to be fun for everyone with the Final Four just because it's not the household names that everyone's excited about all the time. It's just not the, you know, the Kentuckys aren't there, the Kansas isn't there, uh, you know, teams like that. UT, if UT had made it, then that would have been big, but they didn't make it. So, uh, I mean, look, I'm fine with the teams that made it. I'm good. Can't wait to see who ends up winning the whole thing. But I know for a lot of people, it won't be that excited. But Steve Cofield, ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station, then Coach Joe Esposito, who is actually the assistant head coach at University of Missouri, will join us at 4 o'clock to talk about what's going on there in H-Town. And then at 4.30, it is opening day for Major League Baseball. I'm excited about it. Jennifer Mercedes from LaVita Baseball. She joined us to talk about the World Baseball Classic. She's going to join us to talk about opening day. And Aaron Judge, all rise. First at bat against the Giants, yard. First at bat. Yard. In series talking to me. <laughs> she didn't know. She didn't know what that meant. Aaron Judge went yard to start the uh, start the new season. That, that was awesome. I thought that that was great. So uh, she was there at Yankee Stadium. So we'll talk to her about everything that went on there and then just baseball in general as it gets started. Getting ready for 162-game season. Regular season. Lots Ooh. of games. That's a long, long stretch of season. Uh, the boys of summer, they are back. So we'll talk to Jennifer Mercedes coming up at 4.30. So there's the guests, Paul Gutierrez, Graham Hall, Paloma Villacana, Steve Cofield, Coach Joe Esposito, and Jennifer Mercedes all joining us on the show today. With all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So as we know, I mean, it is, what, almost April, and so the draft is coming up April 27th. Before uh, the draft, the Raiders are going to put the finishing touches on just a couple more little free agent signings. Matter of fact, a couple became uh, official today. We've been talking about it for a little while, though. DeAndre Carter, uh, the wide receiver, special teams guy, the the punt return guy, uh, that became official a little while ago. The Raiders released a statement saying that he has officially been added to the mix and also uh, guard Alex Bars officially re-signed. So those guys, again, it's not a surprise. Those are guys that we already knew about. We're already into the mix, but the Raiders made it official earlier today. So I wanted to go back, and this is what I like to do whenever I talk to some somebody who I think is a is very important. And obviously GM Dave Ziegler is very important in the success of the Raiders moving forward, especially with the draft coming up, and you know they have 12 draft picks. When I had that conversation with him in Phoenix, I thought the conversation was really good, but I went back and listened to it a few different times, wanted to get a few more nuggets out of it. Our, our, our conversation we had with Albert Breer I thought was a really good conversation. Went back uh, yesterday and got a few few little comments of the little nuggets out of that as well. So uh, the one when it comes to Dave Ziegler, there's a couple of sound bites that I want you to hear, and then we'll, we'll ask questions, and I'll throw out a topic for the opening drive. And so the first sound bite from Dave Ziegler was about the approach he took going into free agency. Free agency for, for us is, and for most teams, I think, is about attacking needs. You know, and so a lot of times you go into the draft and you're going to go best available player. And so free agency is an opportunity to address the needs that you have and, and fill out some of those needs on your team. So when you get to the draft, you don't have that, you know, you don't feel that urge to have to reach and, mm-hmm. to, and to have to create some, you know, uh, create a guy, you know, in, in a, as a certain value just because you need that spot. And so, um, you know, we were able to... Um, answer some of those, uh, you know, you can't answer them all, but right. we were able to answer some of those needs throughout free agency. Um, you know, we were at a, able to add, I think, um, what we wanted to do is add some players that were going to, I would say, fit fit our mold in terms of guys that are passionate about football, guys that are smart, 
guys that are dependable and then have an element of you know explosiveness to their game and and whatever that is and I think we added some players like that whether it was Robert Spillane yeah whether it was Marcus Epps whether it was Jacoby Myers um you know and I could go on and on but like mm-hmm. the, you know the goal going into free agency was one to address the needs one to improve our team in terms of the smart tough dependable right kind of the image that we want to you know build this team in and so I think we were able to accomplish uh, some of those goals and we have you know we still have a lot of work to do too so there you go. A little soundbite right there from Dave Ziegler from the conversation I had with him in Phoenix, Arizona at the owners' meetings. And that was the approach that the Raiders took to free agency. And believe me, I'm going to tie all these, these soundbites together. It's just one more that I want you to hear, and then we'll throw the show topic out there for you. And we'd love to hear from you at 702-365-9200 and also our adobebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R-N-R. The second soundbite has to do to getting to a point where they are building the team through the draft consistently. They have 12 draft picks this, this upcoming year. They want to continue to build the team through the draft, but they got to start. They've had very poor drafts over the year, not just the last staff, not just the staff before them, but really, I mean, it's been a long, long time since the Raiders consistently had a good draft. The one year that I point out that was really good was 2014, and that's really it. So here's Dave Ziegler on getting to a point where they're billing through the draft and not having to try to rely on free agency, where they can start to pick some of the bigger names and just, okay, hey, you need a defensive tackle? Go get that high-ticket, that high-dollar guy because, well, that's fine. That'll be the money that we spend right there on that guy. So here's Dave Ziegler responding to that. Yeah, and I think the reason that's important is because um, when you talk about building culture mm-hmm. and you talk about, like, Max talking about, like, we need more dogs um, – when you when you bring a lot of guys when you have to bring a lot of guys in in free agency you also bring a lot of guys that have other ways you know, that, that you know that they want to do things right do right yeah I mean? yeah like, yeah you know how it is like mm-hmm. even if it's in the business world like you know bring oh a new, I know you bring a new employee <laughs> and it's like hey we didn't we didn't do that right we didn't do it this way here we didn't do it that way yeah. here and again some people have good ideas where um um you look, you, re, you reflect on what you're doing and you mm-hmm. may make some adjustments, but I think at the end of the day, like we want to, when you bring in a draftable player, you educate them on what the Las Vegas Raiders expectations are, what it means to be a Las Vegas Raider player. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's what they know. Right. You know what I mean? And so you have a lot more people steeped in that than it's, it's, you know, you're, you're pushing that you're pushing that culture and that narrative um, in, in a collective whole rather than a lot of people that maybe have questions about this and that. And so ultimately, yes, we, we want to get to the point and we're not there yet um, where we where we've drafted well enough over a course of years where when we go into free agency, it's very much a more strategic like, hey, we want to get the, these four guys, these right. four players or these four spots or even these two spots. Mm-hmm. This is where we need to add a premium player, um, not, you know, we need to. Um, not only add the premium player, but we add, you know, have to add the the second tight end and the third guard and the fourth tackle. Like you want those guys to be young players that you drafted ultimately, and then, um, you know, you're just being more strategic and and, and more picky right. um, when you get into free agency. So there he goes, Dave Ziegler, Raiders GM, right there, talking about at what point they'd like to get to. They're not there yet, but build the team through the draft. And so obviously that starts this year. If you have 12 draft picks, you really have got to be able to hit on you know a, a good handful of them, right? We've talked about the numbers. I'll say get three starters, whatever. But you've got to be able to not only get some starters, not e- not only get a couple uh, absolute dogs on the team, but also get some and start building some real depth. So the question that I throw out there to you is, where would you like to see the most growth from this team? And I'll give you some options, but it doesn't have to be one of these options. It could be whatever you think. I mean, obviously, 
and, and this is my first option, more wins. I mean, that's a no-brainer. Everyone wants to see the team win, make, make more wins. But is it strictly about wins, or is it as a team, functioning as a team, and growth as a team and an organization? And that's where I think you take the deeper dive. I think you start to think about it and really take a deeper dive and realize, wait a minute, you can get more wins, you can get to the playoffs, but can you do that consistently? If the overall organization on the football side of things is set up in a better, in a better way than it's been set up in some years – then you can consistently do that. And that's what I'm looking for. So, you know, I, I, as far as growth goes, again, I'll throw out some options, but you can, it's not, it's not exclusive to these options. You can give me whatever options you'd like. The, where would you like to see this team grow the most? More wins, drafting that makes sense, right? Not when you all of a sudden the Raiders select somebody, it's like, who? What? I'll say this, last year's draft, I know that, that team didn't have that many picks to work with, mm-hmm. but we can look back in hindsight now, even a year with a year of review. Drafting two running backs was a mistake. Think so? Yeah, because Josh Jacobs, even if you didn't know— But did you expect Josh Jacobs to do that? I didn't expect him to do that, but I still thought Josh Jacobs was a top-five running back. So for me, even though when you bring in Amir Abdullah, Brandon Bolden, Mm -hmm. you didn't need two rookie running backs to me. So I'm able to—I know that Dylan Parham was a hit, but who knows? Maybe if you draft a linebacker in the fourth or the seventh round, he's probably still a replacement-level player. But for me, just two running backs last season, I think that was a mistake. Okay. Fair enough. Two two running backs, two offensive linemen, two def- defensive tackles. I mean, that's what was drafted, <laughs> right? I mean, they were, they were all two by two by two, if you think about it, right? I mean, they got Thayer Mufford in the seventh round. They got uh, uh, um, Dylan Parham in the third round, uh, Matthew Butler, Neil Farrell Jr. Those are both uh, interior defensive linemen, and then the two running backs. So I didn't have a problem with it, especially the seventh round picks. I really don't have a problem with the seventh round picks. You never know what they are, but that makes sense. So, okay, one of the options, drafting that makes sense. Another option, taking care of homegrown players. I think this staff has tried to do that, right, with signing to Max Crosby, even signing Derek Carr, even signing uh, Darren Waller, who's no longer there, signing Hunter Renfro to an extension. That's something that they need to get into the habit of doing. But they've got to have the players to do it. Don't just re-sign guys just for the sake of re-signing them, but guys that are worthy of of getting contract extensions, which goes back to drafting better. If you draft better, you're going to have guys that are more successful, guys that you want to stay in the mix longer. So taking care of homegrown players is another option and not having to turn over the roster year after year after year. You know, there was a lot of guys that the Raiders had as unrestricted free agents this year. There's a lot of guys that have left the building. There's a lot of guys that they brought into the building. It's basically turning over the roster, turning over the roster. So would you like to see them grow in that area, not having to turn the roster over? So you basically, you have the, the framework of your team. And, yeah, there's going to be some players here and there that are going to change. Some guys are going to leave. A couple guys are going to come and go. But it's not going to be an overhaul every single year. That's basically what I mean by that. So that's what I want to hear from you, Raider Nation. 702-365-9200, the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Where would you like to see the most growth from this Raiders organization as they continue to move forward? This is now coming up on the second draft for GM Dave Ziegler. And it looks like the first real official draft now that he actually has a first-round pick since he uh, didn't have it last year after making the move for Devontae Adams, which, again, I thought was a great great move. I had no problem them giving up a first and a second for Devontae Adams. Thought that was awesome, and you saw the return on investment was really, really good. So, again, 702-365-9200, don't be broke.com, text line 69187, keyword R&R. And I think for me, off top, just out of the options that I threw out there, and, again, it's not exclusive to those options. You can say whatever you want. I just think it's about drafting that makes sense. I really do. I mean, look, I know that just because – Daniel Jeremiah and Mel Kuyper and insert draft guru, Matt Miller, Jordan Reed, whatever, has certain guys slotted at certain spots. When you're just way off on those, 
You know what I mean? And there's a consensus like, okay, this guy should be a, a first-round pick, and this guy should be a third-round pick, and you're getting a th- third-round pick in the first round? Like, for example, Damon Arnett. Let's just go back to Damon Arnett. When you're getting a guy like that, and the explanation is, well, we didn't think that he was going to make it to round three, and so that's why we decided to pick him in round one, it's like, come on. You know what I mean? Even Alex Leatherwood, and I don't mean to bang on him, but I mean, it's just like he was a guy that wasn't expected to be a first-round pick. Some of these selections got to make sense. That doesn't guarantee success, but at least it gives you a shot, right? I mean, don't don't get so creative and think that, hey, I'm so much smarter than that guy. I'm going to go pick this guy in the first round, and it's going to work out. Like, they, they've got to start making picks that make sense, even if they, they don't work out, because sometimes they don't. Sometimes it's like, hey, that's a no-doubt-about-it first-round pick, and that guy stinks. It just happens. I get it. But at least give yourself a shot. That that's I, I need to see that's what I want to see is the growth in that area, the draft. Hit the draft. Hit the draft more consistently than they have, and they haven't done it in a long time. Yeah, I don't want to bang on anybody else, but even Cleveland Farrell, where yeah. it's not so much as the sins of this regime here, right, right. but it, but Raider Nation, it's been, it's led to what we see. It's made them. It's made the fan base miserable. Yes. <laughs> so for me, and I, I thought Cleveland was a good guy, but he wasn't a number four overall pick. And he can't help where he's drafted. No. Because they're trying to find that diamond in the rough. Or sometimes just go with the chalk. Right, right, right. Yeah, you don't always have to find the diamond in the rough. Or if you're going to find the diamond in the rough, find it when it's in the rough. Right? <laughs> when you select at number four, you're supposed to select a real diamond. Right? One that everyone knows is a diamond. Shine bright like a diamond. Isn't that what Rihanna said? Like, at number four overall, you ain't looking in the rough. Like, man, if I'm going to pick in the top five, I'm not going to go out back and think, you know what, there's a pot of gold out here somewhere. No, if I'm picking in the top five, I'm gonna go. I'm I'm picking with the with the big feeders, right? I, I'm in I'm in the deep end with the sharks, man. I want to be out there where where the, where the big prizes are. I don't want to just look for a, a small prize. I want to find the big one. Seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. Who's up first, Amon? Red, red. What's on your mind, brother? Welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. How are we doing today? We're- we're blessed, except for my man Ari keeps hovering around the radio station outside the studio, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go get him. I'm gonna go get him in a minute. But uh, everything else is good. What's up? Well, you know, just wanna um, you know, just kind of touch on the you know the topic of the day in regards to you know what we would go out and and, and take. You know, what? It, it's really important. I think that we go ahead and we focus on um, uh, the defense. Um. You know, and look for you know some of our lower picks to start contributing. I think that that's the way that we we want to go. We want to get to a position where you know we're we're like drafting positions that we really don't need, but we really want to start um, 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 strengthening. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and, and 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 the way that we do that is not by going up and getting a quarterback at this point in time. You know, there's been a lot of talk about uh, Richardson. He's a phenomenal athlete. I mean, geez, Louise. But, you know, how many times have you seen a quarterback who's, you know, 6'4", 244, who runs a 4-4 winning the Super Bowl? You know, we, we want to advance the ball through passing. Um, um, if we have somebody who's, who's running the ball all the time, that, you know, that, that, that player is going to eventually get hurt. That's what happens, you know. Um, um, quarterbacks who, who, who realize that, you know what, I'm better. Oh, sound like your phone's cutting out. Sound like, so, sorry, Raider Red. Sound like your phone's cutting out there. I think I know what you're saying. I get the gist of your call, though. Uh, yeah, Anthony Richardson is the big unknown, man. He's the big unknown. He's the one that the ceiling is super high for him, but you really don't know what you're going to get from him. 
Athletic traits, he's got them. Strong arm, got him. Can run, got it. But can he complete third and eight? <laughs> right? I mean, that's the big question. Can he lead your team up and down the field? That's the big question. That's why he's the big unknown. Uh, he's only got 13 games under his belt. That's it. 13 collegiate starts. So that's not a whole lot to go off of. So I, I just I have my I have my concerns when it comes to a guy like Anthony Richardson. And, and hell, to be honest with you, I got my concerns when it comes to Will Levis. For me and just me only. It's C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, and not necessarily in that order, but those are the two guys that I would say, okay, those are going to be really good franchise quarterbacks. The other two guys I don't believe in. That, and that's, but that's just me, and we've heard people with complete opposite th- takes, and that's fine. Not, not a problem with that. But going to your other point about being able to get into the position where you just draft and not necessarily even need that position, that goes back to what Daniel Jeremiah says all the time about his time in Baltimore when they drafted Terrell Suggs. Yeah, that Terrell Suggs. He dra- they drafted Terrell Suggs. They didn't need an edge rusher at all. Matter of fact, he didn't even start. They drafted him, and he came in off the bench. He ended up winning Defensive Rookie of the Year because he was so successful. But they just said, hey, this is the best player available right now. So let's go get him. Let's add him to the mix, and we'll figure it out later. That's where you want to get at some point where you have so much talent and you're so confident in your drafting that you're literally able to say, all right, we pick at number seven. All right, this is the best player on our board. Boom, let's take him. Who was it? Well, it ended up being a tackle. Oh, it ended up being a defensive lineman. Oh, it ended up being a corner. Or it ended up, whatever. You have to start feeling comfortable in that, but they're not there yet. The real quick, the best part about that Terrell Suggs story is that Peter Boulware, the guy that was in front of him, yeah. was an all-pro player. Right. He tears his ACL. Yep. Hey, man, sorry it had to be you, but guess what? We got Terrell Suggs now. Exactly. So now we can afford to let you go. Right, exactly. And that that's the that's the exact point right there. You don't know what you're going to need, but it's good to have him, right? And Okay, this guy's very talented. Let's get him. Bring him into the mix, and we'll figure out how to use him later. Oh, hey, this guy tears his ACL. There you go. Here's your time to shine. And like I said, he turns around and wins Defensive Rookie of the Year. Now, was he a good guy off the field? Absolutely not. (laughs) As I tell the story about Terrell Suggs hitting on Mama Q, I'll save that for another time. Paul Gutierrez from ESPN, he joins us next. 69187, keyword R&R. Where would you like to see the most growth from this Raiders team? Let us know about it. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. I'm going to let it ride for a minute. I'm going to let it ride for a minute. Just let it ride? No, we got to bring him on. <laughs> you say that like you're disappointed. You act like you're disappointed. Man, I'd never be disappointed to bring on Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. We had more planned for Paul to let everybody behind the curtains, but yeah. there was, you know, some other things took some more precedent. It happens. It happens. Well, I'm <laughs> never disappointed to hear from Paul, and Paul Gutierrez joins us now on the phone lines. And, Paul, we had planned to have uh, Dan Graziano's uh, theme song playing when you came on that we learned at the uh, owners' meetings in Phoenix. I don't know if that's uh, that's family uh, radio, is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, we might have had to bleep a word or two, but uh, basically, I went down the hallway and I told Demond, I was like, I need to hear some. Uh, it's uh, it's beer or it's thick thirty, isn't that what she said? It's yes, thick it 30? is. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, we ruined yeah. it. We tried. <laughs> <laughs> we we tried. Ta-da. We failed. 
but we try. But Paul Gutierrez does join us from ESPN now here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And, Paul, the question I threw out to Raider Nation today was, where would you like to see this team grow the most as far as the organization? You know, I mean, when it comes to the drafting, maybe making draft picks that make sense, taking care of homegrown players, uh, not turning the roster over year after year. So where do you think that this team really needs the most growth, especially coming out of the owners' meetings and talking to Mark Davis and, and Dave Ziegler as well? Yeah, you know, the, the biggest impression I got out of, of the uh, the owners' meetings and, and, you know, talking with Josh McDaniels, as we all did, and getting kind of a semi-exclusive with Mark Davis and talking to him off to the side myself and then getting a one-on-one with Dave Ziegler is basically the security that, that Mick Ziggs, <laughs> you know, if you're going to combine the two guys, right. that they have and the patience that Mark Davis is willing to show these guys as they continue to build this thing. And the way that you show that patience and you build it is through the lifeblood of any team, any program. In college, it's recruiting. In the professionals, it's, it's the draft. So that's where they need to fix it. And Mark Davis himself said it, you know, that they, they've been terrible in drafting. And all you got to do is look at that, that woeful 2020 draft. I think they got one guy left on the roster in Amik Robertson, or maybe mm-hmm. two on, yep. left in that roster from that, that team. And there's that draft. So, if they can have the patience and they can actually do their job and, and, and apply the rules that they've set for themselves, which is they use, and I heard Dave Ziegler tell you this, and he confirmed it to me or he reaffirmed it to me, was you use free agency to address specific needs and you use the draft just to go get the best players possible. That sounds good, and it looks good on paper, but now let's see it happen. So long answer to your short question to me, that's where you go. If you have that job security and you have the patience of the owner, you build that team through the draft and you go out that way. And that's where you find your foundational pieces. Because as Mark Davis said, since he's owned the team when his father passed in 2011, he's had seven different head coaches. Right. And only one really good draft, 2014. And really, when you look at it, that's really the only draft where they just sat back and let it fall to them. Khalil Mack in the first round, uh, Derek Carr in the second round, and on and on. Gabe Jackson, Jelly. Yeah. You know, he goes yep. on. So that was really the only good draft that they've had since 2011. It's really stunning when you think about it. What would be your philosophy when it comes to the draft? I mean, because it's not a science, right? It's not an art. It's, it's Sometimes it's just a, it's just having some good luck, which I think the Raiders had a little bit of that in 2014, that a guy like Khalil Mack was even there available for him when they came to pick. But how do you think that, you know, what's the best philosophy when it comes to the draft on on how, how to have the best draft class? Well, it, it, it all depends upon the team, right? And, and I go back to a conversation I had with now Hall of Famer Tom Flores. He, you know, I'm like, do you, do you draft for need or do you draft the best player available? And he said, well, if you're drafting in the top 10, that means something. That means you got a lot of needs. So you don't have that luxury of drafting for a specific needs because you've got needs all over the place. So you have to take the best player available. And he reminded me of the 1982 draft when, you know, they, they had just moved. They hadn't even moved to L.A. yet, but they were about to. And half of the room was divided. They, they knew they wanted a running back. They needed a running back. Half the room, when it came time for them to pick, half the room was wanted Barry Redden from Richmond. <laughs> and the other half wanted some Heisman Trophy running back from USC. And thankfully, cooler heads prevailed, and, and they drafted Marcus Allen, who went on and, and did what he did for the Raiders. You know, Super Bowl MVP, NFL MVP, Hall of Famer. So it really is. And I know people that are involved now don't want to call it this, but anybody that's been through it, they call it all the same thing. It's all a crapshoot. Yeah. 
It is. It really is. And and again, some teams are just really good at it. We we can identify those across the league. And then there's others that struggle. And the Raiders, as of late, like you mentioned, uh, the last time that they really were good at it was 2014, and they've struggled ever since then. So they've got to turn that around. Again, Paul Gutierrez from ESPN is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So, of course, the next big question when it comes to the draft is what do you do at the top? Are you looking at a quarterback? Does Jimmy G allow you to not have to focus in on a quarterback? When do you think they get their guy of the future? Not the guy of right now, but the guy of the future. Yeah, well, it depends. It depends on how the draft falls out. And, and you know what's really interesting to keep an eye on, Q, is, is the number three spot. Because if a guy they really like, and nobody has said this, I can't get it confirmed or anything, but it seems to me that, that Bryce is the guy that they've really kind of focused in on. Mm-hmm. And they did try to move up to number one. They just didn't have that additional piece. To, to trade up to number one. Right. So if their guy, let's just say Bryce Young's still there at number three, let's see what they do. If they move up there, they'll get him. Right. Because I did ask both Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler pointedly. It's like, look, how does having jo- how does having Jimmy G on the roster now affect that mindset? Mm-hmm. And they both said, without hesitation, it doesn't. If it's a guy that we think can be a starter in this league and he's there for us, we'll take him because they want to make a strength even stronger. And, you know, I know it's, again, it's March, it sounds good, it, it plays well, and it gets you clicks on the internet, but if that's the guy that they focus in on and that's the one they really fall in love with, they'll go get him. And then to me, what's interesting is it kind of puts into play echoes of 2014, because remember, going into that offseason, as I reported at the time, and, and I'll re- say it again, their wish list at quarterback in the free agency market was Matt Schaub, Mark Sanchez, Michael Vick. They got Matt Schaub. He was their guy. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden, Derek Carr falls to them. Matt Schaub has dead arm in the preseason. Derek balls out against the Seahawks' number one defense. And uh, the rest, so they say, is history. So it would be interesting to see if something like that would have played out this offseason as well. Not saying it's going to, but, you know, Jimmy G is coming off an injury, and, and everybody says that he's fine and he's healthy, but but uh, a lot of echoes from 2014. Yeah, no, there's there's that. That's that's major, and that's a that's a great uh, memory right there. I remember exactly how that whole preseason shook out and Derek Carr winning that starting job in that game four against Seattle, as you mentioned. So at least with having Jimmy G, though, at least you feel confident that they're not going to reach for a guy because they feel like they have exactly. to get one, right? And that's exactly what Dave Ziegler told me, was that you know at least having him there, it, it gives you a, a certain comfort level that you don't have to reach. That you don't have to tell you, you don't have to convince yourself basically, oh, well, we, we really need to go get this guy. Because if it's not their number one guy, maybe it's a number two or a number three, it, it, it gives them the luxury of not having to reach if it's not the guy, so to speak. So, yeah, and, and, and you know, and then asking Mark Davis point blank, you know, what do you know about Jimmy G? And he says, well, I really don't know a lot about him other than he wins. Everywhere he's been, he's won. He learned under Tom Brady, uh, he won with the 49ers got to a Super Bowl, um, you know, and that to me just kind of shows where the mindset is. Now, if Jimmy G is okay coming in and having somebody nipping at his heels, he should be. I mean, that's what he did the last couple <laughs> right. of years after what the Niners did in the draft. So, and there's just this comfort, comfort factor, this familiarity between Jimmy and, and the staff and, and, and the administration, so to speak, that he should be fine too. But, but uh, yeah, it just brings up more questions. In, in terms of, you know, is he a bridge or is he a bridge to nowhere or is he the guy? We'll see after the draft and throughout the offseason. Yeah, absolutely. Paul Gutierrez from ESPN is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. DeMond's got one for you. You mentioned clicks and winning over the internet. Anthony Richardson, he's won the <laughs> internet for today. And I'm talking about if he yep. falls a seven, he would. I'd run, I'd run the card up there myself. But the Raiders aren't asking me. 
What do you think about Anthony Richardson, and do you think he could be that quarterback for the Raiders? You know, this this word is used probably overly, and I use it a lot when I talk about Derek Carr in terms of being polarizing. But this guy is the most polarizing uh, prospect out there, right? Just from the pure athleticism, from the arm strength, to everything he can do on the field, and yet you don't really have a big sample size on him. I do know that, you know, Dave Ziegler told me that he was going to his pro day today. I haven't checked in with him to see what he thought yet today or anything, but but again, they're, they're, they're doing their due diligence. And, and as Josh McDaniels told us to you, they're doing a deep dive on all the quarterbacks in the draft. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be real interesting because let's say, you know, as Dave told me, they have that luxury now of not having to reach at seven. What if he is sitting there at seven, another team really wants him, then you can trade back and still get somebody of equal, if not better value, maybe not a quarterback, but you're not having to reach at that point. Hendon Hooker probably is still going to be there. And we all know that, that the Raiders have been kind of enamored with him since last season anyway. And he's the guy that you could bring in, and you wouldn't have to have that pressure of, okay, this guy might win the job in training camp, and what do we do with him? Because he's coming off the ACL anyways. So that, to me, is, is what's going to be really intriguing is they do sit at seven. And as, as Dave told me, seven's a real nice spot because you can either move up or move back pretty easily. Well, and they have 12 draft picks, right? And so we all know that they most likely won't draft 12 guys, but they can use that to be able to maneuver throughout the course of the draft. And, Paul, I just feel like no matter what they do at the first pick or at the last pick, they've got to go and get as many dogs as possible, like Max Crosby said, or alphas, like I like to say. They just don't have those dudes that are just standout guys. Uh, I'm looking at a, a defensive lineman, an edge rusher at seven. I'm looking at a corner at seven. I don't care. Just make it the best of the best. You know, we talked about about at the beginning of this, the best player available, especially on that defensive side of the ball, if that's what they're going to go do, I think that's what they should do. Get the best defensive player available if that's what direction they're going. Well, and that's the other thing you got you got to factor in, too, is a lot of fans, and I've seen it on my Twitter feed, which is a very, very small part <laughs> of, of, of reality, right? But it's a microcosm. You get a sense of what people are thinking. Fans are losing their minds. Well, well what if their best player available is is a, a running back. Are they going to draft a running back? No, no, no. It's not best player available to you. Right. It's best player available to them on their board. Yep. And, you know, as Josh told us that day too, if you come up into a spot and you've got two guys that are of equal talent, then what's the tiebreaker? The tiebreaker is need. Makes sense to me. Yep, me too, me too. And I'm telling you, they, there's some defensive players that can really help turn this roster around quick, fast, and in a hurry, but you got to hit. I mean, it's just it's going back to what we were talking about. you got to hit yeah. on those players. Well, Paul, uh, great stuff as always. I know you're headed to, to A's baseball. I mean, opening day. How special is opening day when it comes to baseball? Uh, it's, it's, it's one of those things. And you're an old team head too, I can feel it. Yep. But, uh, you know, there's nothing like opening day, and even if it's at night and even if it's in the Coliseum, it's still, it's still a special <laughs> thing. I mean, I'm crossing the Richmond Bridge right now and looking over at the Bay Area and, uh, you know, looking forward to it, just kind of the pomp and the circumstance. And, and it's baseball, man. It's a national pastime. If, if football is a national obsession, then baseball is a national pastime. And ain't nothing like it. Yeah, absolutely. As we wrap this up, Paul, I mean, is there anything that stood out to you at the owners' meetings that you heard or, or you talked about or had conversation with that really kind of, you know, piqued your interest while you are there in Phoenix? Yeah, the, the number one thing to me, like I said at the top, was – the patience that Mark Davis and the grace that Mark Davis is willing to give this quote-unquote new administration and getting things done. Um, you know, last year, what well, was all the talk when it got off to that four-star? Oh, McDaniel's on the hot seat. Oh, Ziggler's going to, you know. The sense I got, and again, in March, is that he's going to give these guys time to do it mm-hmm. because he's learned a lot from the constant turnover. I mean, when you think about it, 
since Mark Davis has run the team, he's had Hugh Jackson to Dennis Allen to Tony Sperano to Jack Del Rio to John Gruden to Rich Bisaccia to now Josh McDaniels. And what has he gotten out of there? Two playoff appearances and all in two in the postseason. So right. he realizes he's got to show some patience. And that, to me, was my biggest takeaway was the owner realizing that and saying that the buck stopped with him. And it sounds good, but let's see how it goes. All right, Paul, with San Diego State getting into the Final Four, Uh-oh. we need UNLV. Uh-oh. I know it's good for the Mountain West Conference, but we need to get UNLV back to those glory days. <laughs> wow. 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 I hope that was on purpose. Of course it was. I really hope that was on purpose. Wow. He just gave, he just gave you the business like that, huh? Paul Gutierrez just flipped me off on there. <laughs> <laughs> he just, yeah, he just, he just did whatever he could do in a very disrespectful way on the, over the phone. That was fantastic. Well played by Paul. Well played right there. Like I, I really hope that that was done on purpose. You know, because sometimes we know how phones are, especially driving. I mean, you never know. That was one thousand percent on purpose. That was awesome. That was awesome. I love it. Two forty nine is the time. <laughs> we'll come back. Close out hour number one. That was Paul Gutierrez. It's Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Coming up at the top of the hour, Graham Hall, 24-7 Sports, talking all things Florida Gators. Apparently, Paul hit up DeMond and said he didn't hang up on him on purpose. Mm, likely story. I'm telling you, it sounded too, it was too perfect to make it feel like he really hung up on purpose. And it sounded great. I mean, it was great. I used to do that as, you know, when I did music radio and people would call with something stupid or something like that. And I'd say, look, I'm going to hang up on you or I'd do the hang up effect and, you know, record the dial tone. It never happens that smoothly. So when that happened, it was like almost too perfect. It was almost like it was a bit. But I was trying to give him my my seven step plan for UNLV to return to greatness. Now we'll never know. Well, maybe you'll have to you could tell Paloma Villacana your uh, seven step plan when she joins us at three thirty. Talk all things UNLV because they need a seven step plan. <laughs> yeah, they, they need some. They People need keep some. leaving the transfer portal, man. What's going on? Hey, man, look, the transfer portal is a game changer. It could be good or it could be bad. You could lose your uh, you, some really good players. All they got to do, the thing about the transfer portal is, all you got to do is go shine somewhere for a year. And if you do that, there's going to be programs that want you, and they might be able to provide a little bit more than where you're at. They might be able to provide, uh, you know, more playing time. You might get an NIL deal. I mean, there's all kind of different things that the transfer portal now allows you to do. So uh, you gotta you gotta get your guys, you gotta play your guys, and you gotta hold on to your guys tight because if not, <laughs> they'll be on the way. That's I mean, that's just how the transfer portal works. I'm trying to be Miami next year because I know it's like oh they pay they paid him a little bit. They took Kansas State starting point guard, so Marquise Noel he probably doesn't have that good year. If Nigel, I can't think of his last yeah, name right now, yeah, um, but if he doesn't jump jump ship to Miami, right, right, yeah, Nigel Pack, Nigel and, Pack, there and, we go. Uh, he didn't he didn't play he didn't play the way that Jerome Tang wanted him to play. You know, like his style when 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 Coach Tang took over, kind of knew that hey, this isn't going to really showcase me. That's why he decided to transfer. But you're right, Marquise Noel has a great great run at K State, and now he's you know entered into the NBA draft. Now I don't know what he's going to be on the NBA level. It's a ne- it's a different ball game. It ain't March Madness, but at least his name is a household name now, where it wasn't a household name. 
before March got started, so or before the tournament got started. Anyway, Graham Harrell, 247 Sports. He'll join us at 3 o'clock. We'll talk all things Florida uh, Pro Day, Anthony Richardson, and all about that. Uh, got a text here at the don'tbebroke.com text line. We all know Anthony Richardson can sling it all over the yard. He's big, strong, amazing athlete, but the more I hear him speak, the more impressed I am with him as a football player and as a person. I think he's a natural leader, and the guys in the locker room will gravitate to him and run through a wall for him. So there you go. That was a text from... I believe the 707, it looks like. Yeah, so there you go. So there's a text about Anthony Richardson. We'll talk all things Anthony Richardson coming up at the top of the hour. But we did want to hear from you, Raider Nation. Uh, where would you like to see this team grow the most? Obviously, uh, the win-loss column. You want to see the the wins. I mean, that's that's a no-brainer. But just other parts of the team. as they they. I mean, this is an organization. And any team in the NFL, I mean, they're, they're one of those. It's, it's yeah, you're, you're trying to have success this year but you're also trying to have long-term success. And the ones that are really good and consistently in the playoffs, they figured it out. They figured out how to build a team that is going to be good every single year, not one every four or five years, but every single year. So there's different elements to it. Drafting is huge. Taking care of homegrown players is huge. Not having to turn the roster over every single year is huge. And there's other elements of it that I'm not even thinking of. So we'd love to hear from you. Uh, ask the question to Paul, and he kind of leaned on uh, drafting as well, and that's where I'm going. I think everything starts – with the draft. So you can hit, hit us up at 702-365-9200 and uh, 702-365-9200, excuse me, and 69187, keyword R&R, dobbybroke.com, text line 256 at the time. Graham Hall will join us next. Radish Radio 920.